0: if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life.
1: Welcome back to Set for Life Radio. And friends, I really hope that I have been a great influence to you through this radio program. And so today... I have a special guest with me who has been a great influence to me through the music ministry of the band called Petra. Today we have Mr. John Schlitt. Thank you, Mr. John Schlitt, for joining us today. I'm glad to have you, sir.
0: Oh, listen, my pleasure. It's always great to talk to a fellow Christian who, who is out to let the word be heard.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's all I'm trying to do. Just what I have, do what you can with what you got. Amen just a quick question. How's the music world been for you lately? Uh, I'm sure you're a busy guy.
0: Well, you know, I think I will be busy uh, until God takes me. Uh, And, uh, and I, and that's, that's what I think we're supposed to do. You know, he's given me a skill, a, a, uh, uh, Oh, I don't know what you call it. Talent. uh, And I'm supposed to use it because until uh, I don't have it anymore. And, because there's no retirement in the word and i don't i think that we're supposed to our commission is to tell the world about christ in any way we can and uh, apparently through music is the way he likes me to do it and uh, so i keep doing it uh, as far as the, the industry itself for me uh it's uh, it's not as great as it used to be but the truth is i've been there done it so i'm just sort of excited to see what he does uh with me daily now. So just uh, whatever, whatever door opens, I go, I walk through it and that keeps me busy.
1: You know, that sounds a lot like me. I don't really have a retirement plan set up. I just, this is it. All my chips are in and I'm going to do it till it's done. <laughs> so Amen. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's important for my listeners to know <laughs> that you are the one who sings the intro song for this show set for life. That's your voice singing that from Petra. <laughs> well, I'm honored. I really am. I'm glad you're okay with it, though. I, uh, I, uh, had, I had known about the song Set for Life, and I thought, nah, you can't use that. And then, I, then I asked Bob, and he says, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, I had been coming after you for years to get your autograph on my Petra 33 guitar that Bob Hartman had made. And I finally caught up with you uh, when Petra played in Missouri not too long ago. Uh-huh. And me and my wife, we chose to stay at this hotel out in the middle of nowhere. And when we drove up to it, she said, wouldn't it be funny if Petra was staying here tonight? And I said, yeah, yeah right.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the next, the next morning, we came down the elevator and the doors opened up and y'all were standing right there in the lobby. And I had my Petra 33 guitar in my hand. And my wife said, Ray, don't go fanboy on me here. Don't go fanboy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Right now, I'm trying not to go fanboy on you, okay? (laughs) We we have some serious things to discuss, and I got you on the phone well. So anyway, I have a – okay, I kind of introed you into this about – you and I, I want to talk about how people, they glamorize what we do. Me as a pastor, you as a, a rock star guy. And it kind of puts me in an uncomfortable place. Uh, Does it sometimes do the same thing for you?
0: I just have to take in perspective. Uh, If there is a, uh, and I I don't like using the word idolization. I I like uh, uh, the idea of of interest, uh, uh, you know, an overwhelming interest. And if we look at it that way, then what do we do with that interest? You know, if, uh, if there's a curiosity about what we do, what we like, how we function, then we tell them. And we use that as a, uh, a podium to say, this is where I'm at. This is why I do what I do. And this is how I've been given the chance to do it. And of course, that's always wrapped around Christ. That's what we Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to let people know that, uh, that Jesus Christ exists and he did exist, does exist and will, you know, and, uh, and just let the people know that our commission is to tell the world about Christ. If if it if there's something special about us to them, praise God. It makes it even more interesting for them to hear the message. Hopefully, in a more direct way.
1: Amen. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, that that's a learning curve for me that I'm going to keep. Um, and you know, I, I kind of have to run with this verse here of uh, John twelve twenty five. Okay, because it says, "He who loves his life." Will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And so, for, okay, so I'm, I kind of know a bit of your history. You, uh, okay, for many years you sang for the greatest band of all time, in my opinion, Petra. And <laughs> so you've got solo albums. You know, I just got to say, your album Go, that is a jam, brother. I love that one. That I love, Thank you. I love Go. I can't play it enough. So, oh. And I know what people do with this. They glamorize, I guess, in the sense this rock life, uh, and you know uh, they do. Like I said, they do the same thing to me as a pastor. And this radio show I have is broadcast all over the world. So there's been times that people meet me. Oh, you're the guy on Set for Life Radio, and all of a sudden I'm this larger than life human being that's put way up on a pedestal that I'm not. I'm not comfortable with entirely. So. They kind of look at us like you're the pastor, you're the you're the rock guy out there on Petra, you can do no wrong. It's like some people think as a pastor somehow that every Sunday I slide down a rainbow and I land at the pulpit and I preach and then God takes me up into heaven again until Sunday. And <laughs> and that's not true. I'm just as human being messed up as they are. Uh-huh. And so, Mr. Sled, I I know that you did not just slide down a rainbow one day and landed in the band Petra and boom, here you are. I understand you went through a difficult time before Petra ever called you up on the phone. Am I right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think God conditioned me for the 12 years before joining Petra. Uh, he had a plan even then. And what's funny is part of that plan was to me being in a secular band and falling uh, flat on my face, almost to suicide. Um uh, did he want me to do that not necessarily well no he didn't but he he's a god of choice and he allowed me to make my choices and to try to get into the philosophy of God of course is impossible right so uh, in the Hades days I was uh, uh, pretty successful in in the secular world uh, to a point the problem was uh, success got to my head. And in that world without Christ, you are fair game. And uh, to a point of finally, I got fired from the band because I was too much of an alcoholic cocaine freak. And for you to, to for a rock band to fire you because you're too much coke or booze, I want you to know that's a lot. And so the next six months, I went on a binge that almost killed me. Uh, at the end of it, I thought suicide was the answer for me, and only because of my wife, who got saved that same six month period came to me, tapped me on the shoulder, says, "You promised you 'd come and talk to my pastor tonight and i said, "When she says last night when you were really drunk no. i went I went there I went to the pastor 's house with the attitude of uh, nothing 's going to change. I want her to remember that I tried." And I was gonna complete the idea I thought was the best idea for me, and that was to uh, end my life. I thought it was the best for my family. Uh it seemed like the obvious the obvious answer how deep I'd gotten down. I went in with an attitude to this pastor's house and walked out with the Holy Spirit.
1: Wow.
0: And my life and my life changed. Now I I was still in a band at that time. The it was sort of the, the band was sort of excused to stay drunk or coked up for basically twenty hour twenty-four hours for six months. You can do it and still live if your body is so adjusted to it. So it was not an exaggeration. Was I drunk or high all the time? Not necessarily, but most of it. And that's what conditioned me to where, you know, it's the best answer for me was to be gone. But when I became a Christian, I was still in a band and I tried to be in that band for like the next uh, month and a half, and you would not believe the temptations that came in that in that uh, next month and a half, two months. Never before was I as tempted, and I was in a, you know, I was in a big band for for six years, touring all over the country, and I will say the temptations in those last two months were probably greater than than I'd had in those uh, six years because the enemy didn't like the idea of me being stolen away from his plans. Right. So I finally had to get up music to get all together because the temptation was just too much. Gave up music altogether thought I'd never sing again and went into the word for five years. I mean, I got into the word heavy duty. And it's funny, I'm not, you know, I wasn't a major book reader that much. But man, the, the Bible just, I couldn't get enough of it. And the reason I'm telling you this story is for seven years, I was in front of thousands of people as a professional frontman. I was a pro. And then for the next five years, I got into the word heavy duty. I was no longer a baby Christian. So when Petra called, and Petra was the biggest Christian rock band in the world at the time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was ready. God had conditioned me to be ready.
1: You were studied up too.
0: I was studied up. I was a pro. I was. I was ready. I wasn't a baby Christian. I was. I, w- I had depth, which is absolutely what what Petra needed, and I had the skill of being a front man of the quality that Petra needed. And so I look back. Every time I look at that, I say, Lord, you are amazing. Before, 12 years before this, you were already starting to condition me for this position, and I thank you for it. And for the next 20 years, oh my gosh, you know, I, I was part of an amazing ministry. But during that time period, in that, that's five years uh, of not being, you know, a musician at all, it wasn't all peaches and cream either. After I became a Christian, I was a baby Christian, made a lot of major ridiculous mistakes. Uh, I did discover, though, that the blood of Christ had been shed for me. Mm-hmm. The blood of God had been shed for my sins. And there was a time when I, I felt that I was too dirty to ever be part of a ministry like Petrus. And yeah. uh, Now, this was before they called me. I mean, I figured that I had already blown it as far as being a musician because of what I'd done with in the head east days. And it took me a while to finally, one day, God God spoke me in, uh, not audibly, but just a thought came to me going, what sin was it you did that's greater than the blood of Christ? No kidding. Wow. And that just opened up a whole door for me. I, I was, it, it just, it, you know, it's one of those things almost you have to get bopped in the back of the head to, to realize it's serious. And it sort of it gave me a freedom of going, wow, I still didn't think it would ever happen. But there was more of a freedom there. And that's about that's about the time Bob called wow. Bob Hartman of Petra said, would you consider singing for Petra? And I had a total peace about it, total freedom. Um, and uh, and that's how God works when it's his plan. That's how it works. What timing,
1: what timing. And you know oh, I was not,
0: it's God's it's time, of course you
1: know? it, it is and he works like that and you know uh I was just teaching my ter- church the other day about Elijah he got to a point where he was I'm done I he I can't do this he wanted to die you know I'm yeah. he- hearing a lot of parallels and, but when before when he dumped all that water on the sacrifice they had that contest with Baal up on Mount Carmel pour water Mm -hmm. on the sacrifice, pour water, pour water, pour water on it. It It's like, we're going to try to keep this sacrifice from burning. Some people think, well, I've got too much sin. I'm too dirty. That sacrifice is never going to be accepted. It's never going to catch. And he's like, no, look, look at all this water he poured on it. And yet the Lord still consumed it. It was still good enough. (laughs) So one thing about you and Petra is that y'all always made sure the music was about Jesus. Now, when I was opening up the cassette tapes that I had and you'd unfold it and the lyrics were in there. Y'all had verses. It says based on James chapter whatever, based on this. And I thought, wait a minute. Now now, Mr. Slit, this is when I wasn't in the Bible at all. I was a pretend Christian. I wasn't real. I just thought I was. And I saw these verses in the lyrics. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is so I would go look the verses up and I'm like, wait, they're singing about Bible stuff here. <laughs> And so, yeah, I always tell people and it's like you were trying to convey. You got into the word heavy, and, and you just absorbed into it. I always tell people if the Bible does not excite you, then you're not reading it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to make sure people understand that it's proper to say that Petra is not so much as a band as it has always been a ministry. At least I've seen it in my eyes that way. Oh, absolutely. It's it's been a ministry, correct?
0: If you don't see Petra as a ministry, we, we haven't done our job. In fact, uh, there are, you know, bands that criticize us for that. You know, Petra, they're just a bunch of singing pastors. And that was meant as a sort of a dig and they don't realize that, but that's probably the nicest thing they could have ever said. Sometimes the industry forgets what it's about. or It, it can forget that you put Christ first, not the music first, uh, because everything is so competitive, and you, you know, uh, the money is is always a big deal, and and you have to pay your bills and all that. But Petra was a Christian rock band, and it meant we had we wanted to bring across the fact that Christ is Lord and has a plan, not God, Christ, Jesus Christ. Amen. And it was real easy to sing about God. There's a lot of bands that do that. But to sing about Christ was to label you a christian band, and i I was told, but that's what we were about that's what we had to do because only through Christ can we be saved and And a lot of people don't want to hear that they think oh that's that's so confining well, yeah, <laughs> it's the truth, so uh we were all saved at one one way or another, and we were five guys who. Wanted to say thank you, Jesus. This is what we're about. This is what we do, and and hope and that's the same mentality we have even now. Whatever we're doing, and and the five of us are all you know. We're all doing different things. That now still every once in a while getting together with Petra, but uh, it still hasn't slowed us down in getting the message out.
1: Amen. You know, I understand that y'all never compromised to the music industry. They said, well, why don't you take out some of the Jesus stuff? And y'all refused to do that. Yep. You probably lost a big paycheck over it, too, correct?
0: Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, we, uh, uh, one example, well, yes, all, all I can say is yes, Okay. Did, yeah, but it was worth it. It was worth it. We could go on tour and come home and look at our family and say, we've done a good job. We, we were never embarrassed on, uh, you know, what we were about, what, what we were doing. It was, it, it was and is a beautiful way to live.
1: Amen. I, I know that y'all run Petra, not to glorify yourselves, but to glorify the Lord. You always kept it about Jesus. And that brings me to James 4, verse 6. It says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, if you made it about me, about the great John Schlitt and Bob Hartman and all the other guys, look how awesome we are as a rock group. Then that's the the pride issue that then we're proud, and and God opposes that. And you didn't want to go anywhere near that. So by staying humble in humility, I think is what your drive was. Keep it about Jesus, not us. Yeah. However, for a long time, whenever I thought of John Schlitt, I thought of the music, the fun stuff, right? I was not yet uh-huh. gaining the ministry aspect of what y'all were trying to tell me about the word of God. But and you I-
0: know what? Son, if, if you were listening to our music, you were already two steps ahead of the game of your friends who weren't. Yes, because that that music was a tool, and if you saw me as somebody special if you knew anything about me you knew i was walking the walk and i put christ first and for that that was another way god could use whenever you're put on a pedestal by someone else use that pedestal as a preaching block sure and and you can do that through your actions mm-hmm. through your through your speech through your, through the uh in my case through my songs and I was very blessed to have one of the best Christian rock writers, I think the best Christian rock writer in the history of Christian music, and that was Bob Hartman.
1: Mm, yes.
0: It was just a blessing to be able to, you know, to deliver those songs in the best way I knew how. And so what we sang about, how we acted, how we, and and please understand, remember the blood of Christ is shed for each one of us because we blow it every day. sure. There is no such thing as a perfect Christian, except Christ, and that was only one of Him. I guess what I'm saying is, we're we're not perfect, and we're gonna blow. It. I wish I could say that every time I got into traffic, when somebody pulled in front of me, I said, "God bless you, my brother." It, <laughs> that's not what comes across my head, you right.
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it we because I'm real. I'm a sinner. I'm, I am a, a human being, and I was born a sinner. And I am a sinner as much as I don't want to be, but because of the blood of Christ, I am forgiven amen and and it's very cool to be understand that it's not our responsibility to be perfect, it's our responsibility to realize what the blood of Christ did for us and walk the death we can
1: that's so good well, you know one day uh the Lord showed me something um it was my son, he was very young at the time, and every time we went out to eat. He would order a pizza. I mean, we could go to the greatest seafood place or the greatest Mexican <laughs> food place. He'd order the little kiddo pizza, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he only took the pepperonis off. That's all he would do. We didn't know he was uh, had trouble with dairy, and uh, it, he didn't really like it. It made him feel bad, but he'd pick the pepperonis off. But for you know, it, it kind of bothered me that he was pepperoni picking, and it bugged me. We'd get him this whole pizza. And he was pepperoni-picking, and it just it just irritated me. Well, later the Lord told me, he said, Ray, because I was playing around, as you know, okay, I was listening to the good music, but I wasn't really studying the Word of God. The Lord told me, Ray, you're doing the same thing with my kingdom work. You're just picking off the fun stuff that you like, and you're refusing to take in all the rest that comes along with it. I was pepperoni-picking the kingdom. And so I realized I needed to get in God's Word. I need to do study. I needed to uh, start walking it. I needed to have that uh-huh. discipline in my life. Like you were just talking about, you want to, you know, get mad at people in traffic. Well, wait a minute. Who's looking at me? You know, uh, one time I pulled up next to a guy in traffic and I heard my voice coming out of his car because I was on the radio and <laughs> I kind of, I kind of banged on the door at the red light. I said, Hey, you, you like listening to that guy? He goes, yeah, yeah, he's all right. And it turned green. He took off. I'm like, okay, he's all right. Anyway. Uh, but you never know who's looking at you that knows you that that might recognize you that you don't know them, and so that was a high accountability for me. Well, I can't be pepperoni picking. I have to get real and get serious about this stuff. So that's when I recognize that ministry work is often very hard. I mean, they look at you know Petra and they they watch the concert and they see the lights and the music and they're oh they're all pumped up and they think that's all it is. Mr. Schlitt, do they? What should people understand about the work and the discipline and the? Uh, that's the root word of discipline is disciple. What about the disciple? All the twenty four seven work that it takes to produce all that. I mean, it's not all just the the big show. It's a daily, all the time. I got to keep right with the Lord. Kind
0: of walk. Isn't that for all of us though, buddy? It is all of us the show uh, for uh, when you're on tour, the show lasts for an hour and a half, maybe two, and then you have another uh twenty two and a half twenty two hours of the does that mean you can be a total jerk during that time and you walk on stage and you're a godly dude no yeah no i think what well, i think i think. True ministry is more is the twenty two hours more than walking on stage. Absolutely, the stage is is, uh, is fun. It's just a it's a joy. It's like the culmination. But those people backstage, the the people in the hotel, the the uh, uh, gas station attendant, although they don't exist anymore, or the people you pay your gas bill, it that, that kind of stuff. You're walking a walk twenty four hours a day. We, uh, and, and uh, I mean sometimes you. Uh, that day, you do meet a lot of people that you'd rather not meet. And uh, the one thing we did with Petra before we went on stage, we all held hands and we prayed. And and the major prayer was, Lord, forgive us for our ungodly attitudes. Mm-hmm. Forgive us for any any of the uh, sinful things we did that day. Let us walk on stage as clean vessels, and let Your will be done a hundred percent. And so that was. That was basically saying, we know we're not perfect. We know we're going to blow it today. We're yeah. trying our best not to. On stage, we want to be a vessel that you use. That, that was probably the, that was probably the, the cleanest, uh, the most pure or cleanest we could be in that function. So it, I guess you're basically saying that that's the cleanest we unclean vessels could be for that hour and a half, which was necessary. But did it mean the other twenty and a half or twenty two hours was was uh, uh, free game? No, 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 no. Those twenty two hours were for us to build up to those two hours, and it, and right. I think that's for all of us in in uh, everyday living. I mean, a plumber he works eight hours a day. Uh, let's just say that okay, he's working his plumbing eight hours a day, but he's also representing. If he's a Christian plumber, he's he's got to do it as under the Lord.
1: He's representing Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah. When he gets off work, he still has a family. He needs to be a he means a godly father, a godf- godly husband. There's no such thing as time off for a Christian. all right A Christian, a Christian walks his walk 24 hours a day.
1: Indeed, and you know, I I think some people hold it on to guys like you and me. You're the pastor. You're you're John Schlitt of Petra. That's y'all's job. No, it's all of our job. All of us. Absolutely. And something something I want to relate to people is um. Uh, back in your time between singing for head east uh mm-hmm. a- after head east you said they let you go you were too much for them i believe mm-hmm. you did uh engineering work in a mine is that correct
0: <laughs> yes that's uh, right okay uh, oh yeah i i was i uh, was a uh assistant project engineer for a mining company we developed for two years in utah a okay, oil shell mine and i was the one that uh, showed the miners where to dig. And miners don't like engineers that much because, <laughs> uh, because we get in their way. They get paid by how much, they get bonuses by how much, uh, they called it muck, which is basically dirt is brought out and uh, taken out of the ground. And sometimes I had to t- tell them to stop so I could tell them where to dig, put in new points, this kind of thing. Uh, and it just irritated them and the all I think the only reason I, I made it through that was because I was an an ex rock star today okay. and <laughs> they could they couldn't believe that I was here with them in the middle of the, all this right but but the whole point was I was a christian
1: uh uh-huh. at I that, made time. that point yeah
0: yeah so i made that point to them that's one of the reasons why i wasn't in music anymore is because i became a christian and i didn't want any part of that any part of that secular world and uh, yeah it was a challenge and there was one time i walked up the slope which was uh it, it's like a, about a 15 degree slope and it goes on for about a half a mile I had about 250 pounds worth of stuff on me, uh, air hoses, uh, a transit, uh, a bunch of stuff that I had to lug up there, and it was in Utah during the winter, and it was so cold, and and such a dry cold, you didn't know how cold you were until you got hot, until you warmed up again and realized that you were numb. And I remember walking up, breathing there, going, almost freezing my lungs, going, one of these days, I'm going to look back this and laugh, Uh-oh. and I don't know why I said that,
1: uh-huh.
0: but I just—it was like one of these days you're going to look this, look back this and laugh, and I'll tell you what, there was a time I was sitting in the back back uh, lounge of a tour bus, watching the History Channel on a on a uh, satellite TV, and all of a sudden that that vision came. One of these days, you're going to look. And I did. Okay. I laughed. Yeah. I, I laughed at the fact I was able to laugh because I all that really built me up to the reality of how blessed I was mm-hmm. riding in a tour bus for Christ. Amen. I know it sounds a little weird, but I think that five years uh, of uh, working in in mines on mines, I I dug ditches in a in a swamp. For an electric company on uh, a project that I was developing, it was getting back to reality right. of not being a musician, but working, uh, you know, eight hours a day in some of the most some of the most trying conditions you could do, and, and it reminded me, you know, how blessed I was when I was in music.
1: Right. And you know, I think this is what is starting to shock some people right now. Oh, John Schlitt, dug Ditches. I mean, you went from the front man, popular, everybody likes you, to now you're not in front of a lot of people, and the guys you're dealing with probably don't like you.
0: <laughs> and no, in fact, in fact, uh, one of the managers, one of the uh, uh, managers of the crew, threw me across the hallway.
1: Oh no, because
0: he did. He didn't think I was working enough.
1: Oh my uh, gosh.
0: But that, you know, that was just part of that kind of mentality that I was working with. Right. The first job I ever got after I left Hetty's was sweeping a floor in a tool and die factory. For less money, for less money per day than I was making a per diem six months before that. Uh-huh. A per diem is just money you you spend spending money every day when you're on tour. But I praised God for it because I had gone from being a rock star to getting into the work world. And my resume basically said rock star. That was it. Right. And finally, someone trusted me enough to hire me to sweep a floor in a tool knife factory. And that's, and I said, thank you, Jesus.
1: So you were content at this time. Oh, yeah. You were content. Oh,
0: absolutely. I was, I was content. I, I was very, I, now I knew God had more, you know, this was the beginning. Yeah. I knew it was the beginning. I broke the ice. I finally got a job, a regular oh, yeah. job. Yeah, And, and uh, I knew God had, I just, I just knew, I knew God had plans for me and this was going to be temporary. And it was, it lasted for about six months. And I went to a different job that was twice as much, you know, it just, it just increased. Uh, it's in God's timing. He knew exactly what I needed uh, at that time to take me to the next level. And I ended up at the end of the five years, I was uh, actually I'd become a cost and scheduling engineer in, in the main office with two secretaries and two computers. And I, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out how to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, I went from sweeping the floor and tool, tool and die factory to being having my own office in this construction company. And it just. Wow. It, and that was five years.
1: Th- th- this is the focal point I was intending to get to with talking to you, is this point right here where we're at. Not all about Petra, but before. You were not in uh-huh. a band at all. You lost yeah. your musical identity. We're starting to get through the verse I was talking about. God opposes the proud, okay? That's uh-huh. where you lost your band, the, okay? But he gives grace uh-huh. to the humble. You got to a humble enough point where you could be content and these Conditions Now, a lot of people may be wondering, how could the great John Schlitt of Petra be content having lost his entire music identity to go from front rock and roll man to working uh-huh. in a mine, sweeping floors, and uh-huh. be content? So I read Philippians 4.13. Paul said, "I mean everybody knows the verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They know that one. But what a lot of people don't know is the two verses before that where Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am in. He learned how to be content. And that's what I'm hearing from you, John, is that you learned to be content with much less, and you still had the joy of the Lord. It didn't snuff your joy out.
0: No, actually becoming a Christian gave me so much peace to realize that he had a plan, whatever it was. And if I'll tell you what, before I joined Petra, I actually sat down with my wife. It was, I'm a do-it-yourselfer, so I just finished our first home. I rebuilt it. I, I, we bought uh, the worst home in the neighborhood, and I and I fixed it up to where it was one of the nicest. So I'd just done that. So I actually had time to sit down with my wife on Sunday afternoon and say, wow. And I was saying, this must be it, God. This must be the American dream. This must be what God has in store. And I seriously, I was like, I was like praising God for it. You can only
1: do that content. You can only do that out of full contentment. Yeah. Right. I okay.
0: said, God, my, my kids go to Christian school. I've got a great church. I've got a great job. Uh, my first home, everybody's healthy. This must be it. And, <laughs> and that was the the first time God said, nope, don't be content. This isn't it. But I was I was content. I was like, it's almost like God did, John, don't get lazy on me here. But that's God, you know. Yeah. As long as you walk the walk, He's going to take you level by level, by step by step, and and you're gonna. It's going to be an exciting world for you.
1: He'll take care of you. He'll take care yes. of you. And even in the low times, it, friends, if you are hearing what John Schlitt is saying, is that the low times were the preparation for what was next. It was like, you know, you go into the gym and you work out and your muscles hurt, but that's so you can be stronger for what's next. And I've got Proverbs nineteen twenty three in front of me. It says, the fear of the Lord leads to life so that one may go to sleep at night satisfied. <laughs> John, you know, John, I can't go to sleep at night if I'm troubled, if I'm worried about everything. Oh, I shouldn't be here. You know, if I'm content and I'm satisfied, then that is when you're in real good terms with the Lord God, good in relationship. There has yeah. to be contentment, even when things aren't going the way you think it should. And so I love that we arrived to this point together in your story where we need to be content in the humbling. We should never look for the grand blessing. Oh, I wish I could be like John Schlitt and and just be discontent with our life because we're not like John Schlitt or we're not like Pastor Ray Jensen. But friend, where are you now? What situation <laughs> are you in now? Are you content? Perhaps you're going through a tough time right now. You wish you could be somewhere else. Friends, I want to encourage you that the Lord is teaching you things that you need before you can move on. You can't let a five-year-old drive a car because that's too much power for them. They're going to they're gonna damage something. They have to mature first. So after hearing Mr. John Schlitt's story, I want to help you understand that while you're in this time of trial, You don't have what you used to have. I want to encourage you to put your faith in the Lord Jesus and know that he has all of this under control. He sees a bigger storyline than you do. Jesus has this. So be content in this time. Listen to the still, small voice of God, and you will get there all in his timing. John, do you agree with that?
0: Yes, I totally do. Uh, and, And I'll tell you another thing. If you are content where you're at, that may be it. But you're content. Exactly. Do you realize how many? You realize how many people in this country could be millionaires and they're still not content. They're miserable. Right. Do you have Christ? Be content. Now, uh, he's not going to wait. There's not a wasted second in your life. No. Please understand that. You, there is not a wasted second in your life. As you learn, as you experience, it is a useful time. It may feel like you are doing nothing, or that it, but you are learning. You are being strengthened. You are being taught, and use every bit of experience or every bit, every example of life you can, because it's it's a reference that you can use later. Amen, John. Uh, my
1: listeners. They are accustomed to me giving the gospel message. So uh, I know people are listening. They're like, oh my God, that's me. And I'm not content. And I want that. And mm-hmm. John, I want us to, to give them an opportunity how they can find that contentment, that joy in Jesus. So could I ask you to share the gospel with my listeners in your own words? How can they be saved? Oh, it's so simple. It First is. First
0: of all, we've got, to, we've got to admit that we're sinners, we are sinners. And if we, were, if we can confess that and just say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me my sins. I ask your forgiveness now, because you died for my sins. Your blood was shed. And I ask this in Jesus' name. I ask, I ask to walk in the walk of Christ. And I thank you for the fact that you want me to, and you're ready to receive me. I ask this in Jesus' name right now amen
1: amen and friends if you prayed that with john Schlitt and you believed it the bible says you will be saved not might be you will be saved mr john Schlitt. i want to thank you thank you beyond words thank you for your time with me today
0: all right it's always my pleasure to talk to a fellow christian that isn't afraid to to let the truth be heard
1: You've been faithful, influenced to me, and so I wanted to tag team with you so we could influence people together. And I want everybody to know that right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. Friends, you, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.